Hello, and welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast, your one stop for co-op news and reviews. This week, Jason Perez is here to entertain you with some more shelf stories. Yo, my peoples, what's up? Welcome to Shelf Stories and the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast. I am your host, Jason. Thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, We are back with the Andrews, Andrew Navarro and Andrew Fisher, representing Earthborn Games. Last week, we talked about uh, Earthborn Rangers, their first game, which is live on Kickstarter right now as we speak, uh, as I'm releasing the episode on the 11th of August. Uh, So you can go ahead and check out the Kickstarter page for that. This discussion is centered on the company. So if people want to support the company, I think it has some pretty interesting values and we get into some of the nitty gritty on what uh, sustainability means, local pro- uh, localized um, production means, all that great stuff. A very interesting conversation. I'm happy to present part two for you right now. You're welcome to. Thank you so much. Uh, so we're going to end off by talking about Earthborn Games right, uh, in, a, in a larger kind of context. So... And I'm going to do it in the context of like, you know, how I do in my Good Trouble series. In my Good Trouble series, I we talk about the social issues. We, t- we, we, we don't just talk about it kind of like game specific. We're in a context here. Uh, and the context is a burning planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The context is a lot of a lot more and more anxiety about like where we're going as a society. And it comes up in forums, like it comes up, you know, uh, should we get stuff shipped from China? Should we, you know, our legacy games, you know, environmentally friendly because they're disposable? Like there's like it's on it's in the back of gamers minds. I have a shelf of cardboard. Is this good for the environment? Right. Uh, And it's not something that I do on my channel all the time because I'm more devoted to like culture and diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm open to it because inclusion, as I wrote to Andrew, inclusion has to include Mother Earth or it's not inclusion. Right. And we haven't point blank. You know, we have it as a culture, as a society, as, you know, a gaming industry. We haven't included, quote unquote, Mother Earth as real, you know, a real thing. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about Earthborn Games and just the the high level of, you know, that that big S word sustainability, (laughs) talking about how that plays in. Yeah, so um, so the the two pillars of Earthborn Games, um, like I talked about earlier, when uh, you got me all uh, got me going and all worked up about uh, narrative and you know changing the stories that we tell, um, that's a big part of it. Um, where I want to like try to try to create stories that um, creativity, yeah, that not not creativity. I think that's too bland of a of an approach because everyone says, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we're creative. It's more about. Uh, changing changing the discussions changing the narratives and 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 really like trying to approach uh, stories with empathy and compassion um, mm. creating situations again where there aren't like you know people who are just labeled as villains or labeled as evil where you um you know are are getting, been given free license to just go and and, and kill them at will shifting um, the creativity paradigm yes yes sure <laughs> um so that's one Something of the pillars. Like uh, the other is uh, is uh, is the environment, environmental sustainability, and uh, trying to make our games uh, and produce them as uh, as sustainably as possible. And um, to me, that comes down to where the game is manufactured, how, by whom, um, how the materials for it are sourced, like what those suppliers do, what their practices are, um, and then uh, hopefully, and this is like the uh, probably the most meaningful but also the least sexy stretch goal of all time which is regional manufacturing uh which uh to me is like something that i've really wanted to do for you know for uh, over a decade um at least you know being able to manufacture in the states and not have to uh, ship everything from china 
not only for reasons of environmental sustainability, but also just logistically and you know, practically, uh, it, it's, I think it's a, it's a much, um, I don't know, it, to me, like ha having something close to home is much easier uh, for me to deal with than, you know, having to work with a factory on the other side of the world and then, you know, put it on a boat and then cross your fingers and hopefully it gets, gets here in less than five months. You shared an um, anecdote uh, on the Shut Up and Sit Down podcast, which I very much recommend, very, very great. I think it was Matt that read that ran the interview. Yep. Um, and he shared an anecdote about, uh, I think it was Game, Games Workshop where they had a they had some of that stuff like they produce plastics and they produce you know the fulfillment was right there uh and like i think uh i forget if it was asthma day or somebody else where fulfillment was like there like go in the factory if the boxes are all right there yeah that's uh, games workshop yeah games workshop so like you know and, and that's something that we're not used to like we're like you know our modern society has prioritized just do it in the cheapest place possible and then like connect it with supply lines right uh and like what this is, this is not that. Like, this is like, okay, uh, it's almost like, you know, locally sourced food. Exactly. So it's like, you know, get your food like at the grocer, at the farmer down the street, not the, you know, giant agro thing in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so like, you know, that's what you're talking about in terms of like a very practical, you know, everything is, is like, I can go to this next office and I can see where all my games are. I can go to this <laughs> next office. <laughs> Yeah, right. exactly. So it's uh, so hopefully, you know, and it's a little bit more challenge, challenging in the States from what I can tell so far to be able to source everything in the States or so, source everything on the continent, on the, on the continent. So, um, could you talk a little bit more about that? Because I think there's a movement now because of all the shipping problems from China. Yeah. Why can't we print it here? Why can't we print it here? We, we can print it here. It's just more expensive. You just make less money. And I think, you know, that's the, that's to, to your point. You I mean, you just said it like the, Companies, um, especially large companies uh, with shareholders, stakeholders, you know, where the, the, the idea behind a corporation is to create value for your shareholders. Um, the way to do that is to make your cost of goods, if you have goods, uh, as low as possible. Pay your employees as little as possible. Um, do every, like, expend as little as possible so that the few people who own stake in the company can make as much money uh, as they possibly can. And um, if I, if I sound like irritated by that, I am, uh, and part of <laughs> this is what... true people like, this isn't just like social justice. See, like, oh, yeah, yeah. like no, you it's, tell, it's you ask facts. them and yeah. they will tell you, no, yeah. the, the point of us is to maximize value for our shareholders. Yeah, that's it's, like part it, of the it's deal. It's in there. It's in their mission statement. It's right. right there. So it's not like, it's like a thing that's like, Oh, you know, like, uh, like I'm, like I'm, uh, <laughs> like I'm speaking something crazy. You're totally yeah, right. We're not twisting interpretation. Like they'll, they'll tell you. Exactly. That's right. um, it, just how business has been done for many, many years. So uh, part of what I wanted to do, you know, is in forming, forming my own business is being able to, you know, not make decisions like that. Uh, so I'm not making decisions to make the most amount of money. Far from it. Like if I had come out with my new company and I would have said, hey, we're going to do like a an FFG style thing. We're going to do like these big, you know, you know, gorgeous, gigantic board games with lots of plastic miniatures and blah, 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 blah. No one would have been surprised and no one would have blamed me for, for going in that direction. Um, uh, but <laughs> to me, like I, I've, I've done all that. And I don't think in the end, it's really like furthering the conversation or helping to set up our industry for survival. Um, you know, you mentioned now that like, there's this, this move, this movement, this push to manufacture things domestically. And that sadly is how our industry reacts. It's like, there's no vision when it comes to like how to do things. 
there's no change until you, are, you know, until you are forced to change. So having the conversation now about manufacturing, manufacturing things domestically is years late. Like, mm -hmm. it's not like we, you couldn't see the problems with shipping from China coming a mile away. Uh, right. You could. And, you know, I, when I started getting involved in decision making at uh, FFG, like, I beat that drum so many times, uh, you know, for years. And, uh, but the answer is always the same, Jason. It's like, oh, it's just too expensive. Like, mm -hmm. the margins are just too bad. Like, we just, we just can't do it. So, um, but if you're willing to accept, like, hey, you know, maybe I just won't make as much on these and that's okay. Or make uh, as much this quarter. Yeah, or whatever. Right? Like, yeah, it's like, like, like there's a of, cost. Um, to, there's a cost mm -hmm. to everything, though. Like you right. know, like even though the monetary costs might be less to go, you know, manufacture in China, there are costs. Like there's a cost to the environment to make that happen. There's a cost right. to your time. There's a cost to your peace of mind when you've backed this Kickstarter that's like, you know, stuck on a boat somewhere in customs and you're not going to get it. Like you know, there's nothing you know that makes a. Uh, consumer or particularly a, a, a gamer more angry than knowing their game is available and they just can't get it <laughs> right so uh it avoids all of these things all of the all the hassle um and then on top of all of it it's uh, it's better for the environment because if i'm shipping to people in the states or on the continent in canada uh from a, a facility here then that reduces emissions and um hopefully like i said like the materials that go into that production are also all sourced here. So it, there's just less things moving around going across the globe uh, than there would be otherwise. Um, and then taking those re regional manufacturing stretch goals into account where it's like, hey, if we get enough people in all these different spots in the world, then we can manufacture in different places and, and, and serve your you know, community, larger community, uh, more directly than any other tabletop game ever has. Um, mm -hmm. And that... I get excited about that. Like that's the thing. That's the thing that's really excited to me. I know if people like look at the case, they're like, "Oh, okay. Well, where it's made. All right. You have to have a certain kind of mindset for that to really, you know, right. uh, get your fires going." Um, but uh, it would be super impactful, and I think you know there are there are. I know that there are lots of people in the industry watching this Kickstarter with interest and wondering how much people actually care about this kind of thing and mm -hmm. if they're willing. Um, to help support it, um, because I think that a lot of people in the in our industry are um, very forward thinking. They're very progressive, um, but uh, they oftentimes, you know, kind of like push down their personal feelings on a particular issue, uh, you know, especially in the environment, um, when they're forced with just needing to hit a certain margin and, and making sure that they're hitting their. Uh, their targets for their sales and their, mm -hmm. their revenue for the quarter or for the year. Um, but I think if we can show that this works and it can happen and people do care, uh, then they might make dis different decisions and better decisions um, that would be better for them and better for the environment. And in the end, better for uh, the customer too, because mm -hmm. they'll, they'll feel good about the thing that they're buying and they'll also like get it way easier. <laughs> I like so we did we got into the weeds for when it comes to Earthborn. I think people got to value that. I want to get into just the weeds, the weeds, just a little bit. Yeah. Why is why is it so much more expensive to manufacture locally than it is in China? So I hear like labor. Mm -hmm. I hear um, lack of capacity. 
I, uh, in terms of, you know, like it, it takes a, you can't just do it at any printer. I can't go to Kinko's and print, print the game. Like there's, <laughs> <laughs> or if there is a Kinko's anymore, sorry, people. Yeah. No, we were just, we were just at Kinko's printing this game to send it to team covenant. So you could okay. technically do it, but it, yeah, it doesn't work. It's not like, that a, like ma mass produce. Mass yeah, produce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, like yeah. it and, takes and like, mm-hmm. Oh, I was just gonna say you'll you'll see in the video the quality isn't up to the quality we'll get in the final product, right? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, and so right. like it Sorry takes I... capacity to, to to get that quality up. It takes capacity to make plastics to make you know, and not just to make them, but to mass produce them. Um, so like you know, like you know, you hear about this by iPhones. Like, okay, no one in the world knows how to make you know how to manufacture iPhones besides China because they have uh the you know the, the, the precise types of machines. The labor is trained, and so. Because we don't, allegedly, we don't train people here and working these types of machines doing whatever. Mm -hmm. So like these barriers that people say, like from your perspective, you seem to have a lot of insight on this. Uh, how much of all those factors play into why it's so expensive here? Yeah, well, like you said, the, the labor's a, a portion of it. The capacity, not so much. Like there, there are... Uh, game manufacturers uh, in the States um, and card manufacturers, especially like the largest one mm -hmm. in the world is located here, card of Monday. Uh, and they, you know, they print magic. Um, I think a lot of that is printed domestically. Um, and uh, you know, their, their capacity is enormous. Like there's, there is no game larger than magic, <laughs> the gathering. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but they have such a ridiculously high volume mm -hmm. um, and their margins uh, because of that are so insanely good. And they have such a uh, culture around um, collectability and chase that, you know, they're able to charge uh, $25 for a pack of 15 booster cards, or is that 10? I don't know those collector ones that, it's not a lot. The secret uh, layers, I think like one of them was like five lands for 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh. It's crazy. But oh. people, instead of being angry, they're like, oh, can I get more, please? Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, so, you know, they're able to do it because they're so massive. Um, and, uh, you know, they just make a ton of money on it and all sorts of other avenues. Um, and it's, you know, it's like they're, they're, they're one, they're, they're flag, you know, Wizards of the Coast flagship ran apart from D&D. Um, and D and D I think also is, uh, largely printed those books, I think printed in Canada, um, mm. uh, or in the States. Uh, so they do a lot of manufacturing here too, but again, like at pretty significant volumes and book printing is something that is done in the States very frequently. And there's a lot of capacity for that. But, mm -hmm. um, so when it comes to board game manufacturing, that's not capacity is not really an issue, especially for a card game. Um, that's, that's not a limiter in as far as like we can do whether or not we can do it. And it's certainly not a limiter as far as what the expense is. Um, I hear that a lot of like, cause you know, there'll be publishers firing back at the people saying we're low manufactured locally. And then they'll say, uh, you know, we're going to get lower quality and it's going to not look as good and it's going to be more expensive. That's not true. <laughs> it can look just as good. You know, again, card of Mon like magic looks great. Um, D and D books look phenomenal. Um, and, uh, so the quality will absolutely can absolutely be there. And, you know, the, the quality of a production is not, <laughs> it's not as tied to the factory itself as you think it might be. Mm. Uh, it's tied to the individuals working on that particular print run and also the quality assurance standards of the publisher. Um, it's not like you, I mean, you can approach production where it's like, here's the game, off it goes. And I guess we'll just wait and it'll come back and it'll be what it is. Mm -hmm. uh, 
you can do it that way, but you're not going to get anything good, uh, whether you print in China or you print here. Um, it requires a lot of uh, forethought, a lot of preparation, and a lot of attention to detail from everyone uh, along the process to make a good production of a game. So casting a, a, a wide net over uh, like, oh, there's this expertise in China that's like magical that we can't achieve here is absurd. Uh, it really just comes down to- Or it costs a lot involved. to achieve it here. It, it does, it, again, it's only because the people here make a living wage and are, and are more cared for than uh, a lot of the uh, workers in China who um, work very, very long hours. Uh, they live on campuses and it's, a, it's, a, it's just a completely different culture. Um, and uh, so I think, you know, if you want to get into like the social issues of the, of the thing, like I feel like from my perspective, like just growing up, um, you know, largely in the, largely in this, like the seventies and eighties, um, there's this, I think there's this stigma attached with manufacturing in the United States mm -hmm. where you, if you work a manufacturing job, you're somehow not achieving your potential or you're, you're somehow lesser than people who don't work those jobs. But like working in manufacturing and uh, working at factories and, you know, helping to build things is incredibly important and takes skill and effort and takes, you know, like there are people, uh, you know, there, there are people like, like me, who is, you know, my, my, my skills are in like using my imagination and, and making up stories. Um, uh, there are also people who are just really good building things and have great minds for, uh, for creating physical objects. And uh, I feel like those people in, in large part are kind of told that their skills are, are not as meaningful mm -hmm. as people who have like cushy jobs or like, you know, high priced lawyers or doctors or something. Um, and I think that's really tragic. Um, and I feel like uh, that I think if we can remove that stigma around uh, manufacturing and then, you know, making sure that people are treated well, like you don't have to do like industrial age uh sweatshops <laughs> where we're like putting children to work and like working people in horrible environments where they're in danger and you know breathing toxic fumes and all the stuff that has happened for hundreds of years mm -hmm. uh treating people well and giving them good jobs in manufacturing it's like it's incredibly important i think it'd be really really good for um for all of us as a culture and for our economy um so to that point, like, I feel like, <laughs> I think, you know, bringing manufacturing to the United States is important to help support that um, because mm -hmm. it supports local communities, uh, supports those workers who work in those factories and their families. And, um, and I think that's good. Uh, so in, in addition to, you know, helping the environment, um, if we get these regional manufacturing things done, you know, you're supporting your, the economy of your region. And that is, it is very, very important. So we could do it. Is the, is the bottom line. You can do it. Yeah. There's nothing <clears throat> like, it's just a question of, do I want to, do I want to spend more price per unit on this or not? And, you know, nine times out of 10 with most of the decision makers that, that answer is not. Right. Um, 99 times out of a hundred. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so, um, but, you know, I, I think there, there are some things that are more, just more challenging. Like if you want to do like a bunch of miniatures, uh, you need to really do a lot of legwork to try to like do tooling and, and plastic injection in the United States and then try to find a factory that's willing to do it. 
trying to get in like you know they 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 exist but like trying to get them on board to do it might be harder um and uh, it's just about educating those factories and facilities so you know while i say there's a lot of like game manufacturers here i, I also know there's a ton of green printers here who do like all sorts of really phenomenal packaging materials all sorts of stuff super sustainably with alternate papers uh you know using like solar power they have missions all about like manufacturing and printing green um but they might not have games in their portfolio but that doesn't mean they can't do it like it's a box and some cards and a sheet of punch board it's about as dirt simple as you can possibly get when it comes to production. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I'm, I'm, I am talking to like, you know, experienced game manufacturers. Uh, but you know, there's also an opportunity potentially to, you know, to coach up other really qualified printers to do something new and amazing that, you know, maybe this haven't been given the opportunity. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, we can absolutely do it and we can do it all over the place. Um, it's just a question of, you know, me deciding to say, all right, well, I'm, I'm fine paying more per unit. I'm fine making a little bit less, uh, mm -hmm. or a lot of bit less. <laughs> I did my calculation on the margins the other day. They're not awesome. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, and, but to me, that mission is, is important and it's more important than the short-term monetary gain. But people are, they're hitting, it's hitting their margins now because the containers from China have, you know, quintupled in, in, in price, mm -hmm. right? What, what used to cost like a couple K to ship over now costs like 15 K more, same thing, the same, the same palette, the same, you know, yeah. situation. It just, it, 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 it's, it's, right. it's over 20 now. Right. Yeah. But, 22 yeah, is the last wild. number I heard on a container. <laughs> and so you're, you're, you're going to have those margins anyway. So like when yeah. things are blue sky, when things are going and they were for a while, like, you know, like we tend to forget, like when, when things go really well, you know, but that now we're understanding that things don't go well all the time, you know, good luck finding a car. <laughs> 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 and why is there a car shortage? That's actually a very, very specific thing. Like, cause yeah. there's a, a part of the car called the semiconductor mm -hmm. that needs to be in every car and they're only manufactured in one place. So like if we had the capacity to manufacture it here, we wouldn't be encountering the kind of things that we're encountering, but it's like, it's not really an, it's a, it's an, it's a capacity issue. It's an infra infrastructure issue. It's a, and it's, 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 we, and we can realign these things is the, is the overall message. Correct. And not only can, so there's two aspects to it, right? That we can, and then, then there's the aspect where we should for environmental reasons, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think like the environmental reasons obviously are to support, you know, manufacturers that are moving in that direction and, you know, encourage them, the more business that we can give them, the better they'll do, the cheaper they'll become right. over time. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, you know, then like, obviously the, the cutting down on emissions by being able to ship most of the stuff like domestically or, you know, whatever region, like that's, that's very, that's very good. But then the, the other portion of it is the, are the materials. And that, that is what I'm finding to be, you know, the, the largest challenge and, um, the quotes that I've gotten are all like at varying levels of uh, environmentally friendly. Like you asked at the beginning, like, are these board games good for the environment? Well, that the short answer, no, <laughs> they're not. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like, I think we, we give ourselves a pass because, you know, in the grand scheme of things, as far as like consumer products go, it's, it's, it's a pretty small mm -hmm. portion of it. 
Um, but I feel like, you know, doing your part as a small portion of that consumer goods uh, segment is, uh, is important. Um, so the materials that uh, the games are made of, like being FSC compliant is something that's pretty easy, easy to, to achieve. So that's like the Forest Stewardship Council. Um, they give their seal of approval to, uh, to tree farms that are grown mm -hmm. in a specific way and then and harvested in a specific way and then replanted in a way where uh, the, there's more trees growing than you are harvesting, essentially, is that the equation in, in, the, in the simplest terms. Um, so getting that, that compliance uh, on, on the paper that we use is, uh, is not difficult. Um, it's just like, it's just a little bit more money to make that, make that happen. Um, making them then, making those components then uh, recyclable or biodegradable, that's the larger challenge. So, um, you know, most of the products that you see and like most of the stuff that's on your shelf, be they boxes or the punch board sheets or the cards or the reference sheets, um, you might think, sure, I can just put this stuff in the recycling, it's paper. Um, that's wrong. Uh, it's all coated in plastic. Anytime you like heavily coat paper and plastic, it ruins its recyclability. Yeah, we and, call it linen finish, you know, uh, like, a, like the, we love the, that. The mm -hmm. linen finish is the texture. Um, okay. It's not the plastic. So like, the, okay, that, okay, got it, got it. Yeah. So like the, so every, so most card components still like have some level of plastic on it. So like, you know, magic cards, great example. They've been doing a good job lately of like labeling all their packaging with all the things that are recyclable and mm. not. Um, and you'll note that the cards are not noted there as something <laughs> that you can recycle. Uh, and the reason is for a couple of reasons, like one, uh, they're coated in plastic. Two, uh, anytime you have a lot of adhesive on a card or any paper uh, that also ruins the recyclability. So it's imagined like at the recycling centers, they just dump all the paper into like a vat. Again, I'm oversimplifying. Dump it all to a vat, gets churned around, like turns into a pulp, and then they are able to then process then to do recycled paper. But if you're throwing in there a bunch of cards coated in plastic, it just gets all gummy and gross mm -hmm. and that you can't actually do anything with it. So um, so those, uh, so, yeah, so the magic cards, in addition to uh, having that plastic on them, uh, there's the, like what you've heard of, I'm sure black core cards, like they're really mm -hmm. like high quality, like playing card. That core um, is an adhesive that holds together two thin mm -hmm. sheets of paper and it's squashed. And then that creates your card. Um, so that, so if you imagine like, Hey, you know, if I say to make paper more recyclable, you can't have, uh, very much adhesive. If your adhesive goes top to bottom, every inch of paper, uh, on that card, then it is no longer recyclable whatsoever. And there's really nothing you can do about it. Um, so yeah, if people, uh, um, black core cards that it's often a stretch goal. You yeah. know, for like, yeah. well, okay, we're going to make the card high, better. Yeah. Cause they're really expensive. You know, again, right. like that's the point is like, it's this high quality. Um, and, uh, and, and they feel nice, you know, they have like a good, like responsiveness to them. They have a good flick to them. Like, like everything about them feels good. Yeah. Sure. Card um, man. Right. You, you appreciate the feel of a good card. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, uh, um, uh, so that's one of the big, I think one of the bigger challenges is like what to do with the card stock and what, what concessions are, am I willing to make, um, to, to have a high quality product that, uh, that is as environmentally sustainable as possible. And I think that's the, um, the words as possible are very important to everything that we're doing. 
where um, our goal is to make everything like 100% sustainable, top to bottom, recyclable, compostable. Like you have those board games back there. Like you might want them on your shelf. Your, uh, your um, sons or daughters might want them mm -hmm. on their shelf. Will their grandchildren, will, they, will theirs, will theirs, et cetera, right. et cetera. At some point that thing's probably gonna end up in the ground, like down the road in the distant future. So um, that's really the kind of the view that I'm trying to take is like, we have these really cool artifacts that we would create, but do we really want them to exist for all time, forever and never decompose or leach, you know, microplastics into the soil, like, and, uh, you know, essentially do all the things that all the stuff in the landfill is eventually gonna do and like all the plastic in the ocean and it's all gonna end up in the dirt eventually. Like none of, no, nothing that we build lasts forever. Like, you can just, you know, ask the Romans. Um, so, uh, so that's the view I'm taking, which is a crazy long view to take, but I think it's important. Um, and so that's the goal for our products is that they'll eventually get to that point. But I'm, I'm fully aware that we might not be there yet. Like that's the goal, but for this production, like we might not be able to go as far as I want to go and, uh, trying to determine like where that line sits and what is possible versus what is ridiculous, um, and what's going to get you a good product. Cause like, I could, I could definitely get you like a fully biodegradable product, but at the end, like, is that card stock going to be good enough? Is right. that card stock going to feel right? Are you going to like, is it going to feel like that high quality game you expect to receive? That's really important. So um, if I can't achieve all of that, then there's going to have to be some concessions made. Uh, and part of what I'm doing uh, or will be doing after the conclusion of the Kickstarter is we go into this process of like, all right, now we're going to make this thing is try to uh, bring everyone along for that journey and share um, the story of, of getting the game made and then talking very explicitly about the decisions that I'm making and educating along the way. So if we can't hit it 100% this time, um, that we will next time, or we'll try to continually raise the bar uh, because or, yeah. any, like, any progress is good. Or like you'll spur some innovation. Like yeah. someone will have an idea because that's that's what's going to get us through. You know, right. we, like in terms of making the future of Earthborn Rangers, that that has to come from innovation, right? It 100%. isn't going to come from like okay, it just happens. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. people are going to have to like get together and like figure stuff out. Like we and who knows, you know, like the and we are we get very like we get very negative about it or like we kind of outsource it to like the geniuses, right? You know, Jeff Bezos will save us. He'll bring all the, the <laughs> he'll bring all the, like the stuff into space and like a, that. And I think he even yeah, talked yeah. about that. Like, like we're going to make all like gas emitting things into space. Like, uh, uh, I don't know if I want to rely on you. <laughs> <laughs> like the, they are the innovators and the rest of us are kind of like receiving, right? Yeah, and that's kind of the mindset we've gotten into. Yeah, yeah. You know, like we, like there's a lot of people that are local, like, you know, like you're talking about the green printers. That's just people. Mm -hmm. you know and they're local and they just have a vision they're like they, they're like okay we're gonna figure out how to make biodegradable cards yeah which those don't exist right now really like really good ones that we're used to but we're right well so that's one thing that i need to figure out is like you know are what's the toxicity level of that adhesive on the black core cards could that be made less toxic and still mm. be just as powerful as an adhesive. Cause it's like, you know, yeah. it's a really powerful adhesive, right? You can't even, it's indistinguishable as, as a glue. Um, uh, can that be made in a way that would biodegrade, right? Cause if, 
if the cards, because we can do, I already know we can do a biolaminate finish that's just as good as like a UV coating. Like mm -hmm. that, that's, that's easy. Um, so like having, getting rid of that plastic coating, that's no problem. Like we, there's a way to do that with that'll feel like plastic, but isn't a petrochemical. So it'll be able to, to biodegrade. Um, but if we can, if that adhesive that holds black core cards together, if that can break down in a way that's not detrimental to the environment, um, I feel like I can live with that. Like you can say, yeah, it's not recyclable, but you can put it in your compost heap. <laughs> you can bury it in the ground. If you don't, if you don't want this anymore, you can shovel it in the dirt right. and everything will be fine. I can live with that. So, um, uh, so we'll, we'll see, like uh, part of what I really wanted to happen with uh, this Kickstarter is for it to reach people who, who knew more than I did uh, about how this works. Mm -hmm. And um, already that's working. Like I, I got, I, someone reached out to me just the other day from uh, a, a research scientist uh, at the University of Minnesota who's, um, uh, who's, who studies sustainability. And like, that's like everything that he's doing. So he's like, hey, I really wanna talk to you about what you're doing. Nice. So it's like, yes, of course, let's talk. Um, so, uh, and then someone else in the comments pointed to, um, another company, oh man, I wish I, I closed all my tabs. Um, <laughs> uh, another company that, that did a, uh, a game recently that was about, um, uh, I think about hiking in Tibet, um, uh, and Treaser, I think, uh, there might be a company in the Netherlands or Switzerland or something, but their mission is the same as, as ours, like that they, that they're making games sustainably. And um, I had never heard of them. So, uh, so now I have, so like now I'm, I have a email composed in my, in my drafts, like you're reaching out to them to, uh, to benefit from, you know, see if I can benefit from their knowledge and experience. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like, uh, you know, that's my biggest hope, I think from this is that, you know, that'll, that my knowledge will grow, but then also there'll be enough awareness raised where people will reach out to me and uh and offer their their help and their expertise um because yeah i'm not i'm not i know way more I, you know I've, I've been talking for like you know 20 minutes i know way more than i used to know mm -hmm. uh but i'm 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 certainly no expert i'll know way more even you know next year <laughs> by the time where the thing's made so mm -hmm. uh so yeah the more people who can help out and offer their and lend their expertise um the better well this stuff yeah, is very I'm, fascinating to me okay good Fish. Oh, no, I was just going to say that the beauty of this is it's not like this is a first step and this isn't like a competitive game, right? Like it is it's a co-op game. It's uh, um, uh, the more other companies that like jump onto this, who show interest in this and help make these connections, honestly, the easier it will be yeah. to keep pushing this and the cheaper it'll get. Yeah, <laughs> so 100%. Um, like this is this is something like somebody needs to take the first step and we we're trying to take that first step um our first step will be imperfect but ideally it is opening up like more perfect and and uh better and cheaper versions of this sustainable technology for the board game industry for lots of people in the future and on my side you know as press i'd love to continue these conversations the people that are reaching out to you reach out to me too uh come let's let's be on this show and you know, I'm growing my um, my my audience, and my audience is about like diversity, inclusion, and social justice stuff. Like, this is a justice issue too, you know. Like, like local manufacturing, like more jobs, please. 
<laughs> more jobs doing interesting things, not just like going to the local Walmart or Target, like mm -hmm. working at these places, uh, you're innovating. These are centers of innovation. So like, that's what we want. We don't want the brainless job down the block, uh, you know, with the big mega store. Like, what we want is we want, we want to encourage smaller businesses and that helps in diversity and inclusion. You know, and it helps uh, the worker. And I'm a huge, you know, fan of the worker. And long, I, I think it's like we're trying to accomplish, like what Fish was saying, the, a big co-op game. Like these are, these can be win, 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 win. If we're willing to kind of sink in the amount of investment and resource and time and money and all that kind of thing. Um, so absolutely. Yeah, please. <laughs> uh, so like, yeah, I, I would like to continue these conversations on shelf stories. Absolutely. Uh, and even if it gets wonky, which is, I kind of like the wonk. I don't understand it all, but like... <laughs> <laughs> eventually i think you, you might be in the same boat where it's like i don't understand quite what you're saying but i like it yeah yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> and as, as i if we talk about it more it'll process more right so absolutely this is the, the you know you're doing the first things and I, believe me i'd like to play my own role and like you know, getting the word out about this stuff because it is important like like local stuff local businesses it's just everybody wins you really do mm -hmm. all right uh so yeah we have gone a while we have <laughs> Uh, I think I need to get back to my wife upstairs, but um, Earthborn Rangers is the project on Kickstarter. Earthborn Games is the company. Uh, is every game from Earthborn going to be Earthborn something? Are no. you going to release Earthborn cars and Earthborn? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So the the games that are set like in this like kind of core uh, Earthborn world um, will will have Earthborn in the title, um, but no, it is the, the, the we. I already I already have plans for other things. Uh, so yeah, we'll do we'll do more that's not strictly in in universe. All right. Uh, and fish, uh, it's upcoming things for you. Like, is this? I imagine that you have other 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 projects in the hopper. Or is this kind of getting your uh, energy? Uh, oh yeah, I mean, this is we're in the middle of a Kickstarter right now. <laughs> this is this is taking like probably more than a hundred percent of my energy and time uh, <laughs> just focusing on on this project right now. Um, we also uh, f the, the the team I worked with before this project. Um, we are releasing Descent Legends of the Dark is coming out in just a couple weeks. So um, both Andrew and I uh, uh, were were pretty big parts of that project as well. Yeah. So so that that is coming up as well. But right now, uh, my time and energy is all Earthborn Rangers all the time. Andrew Navarro, Andrew Fisher, thank you so much for making the time. Thanks, yeah, Jason. thank you, Jason. If you can change your mind, it can change the world. So until next time, later, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop. Or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week for another Top 5 list. <laughs>